This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt. I'm joined again in the library here in the bowels of New European Towers by Steve Anglesey. Hello. And Jerry Scott. Hello. Later on we're going to pick our Brexiteer of the Week, as we always do. We're also going to take a little bit of a, a longer look at uh, austerity. Um, it's one of the big themes in the paper this week. Uh, but we're going to start with the news. And Steve, we finally got a deal between the Tories and the DUP. How grubby is it? Oh, it's oh, it's grubby. Oh, it's really grubby. The magic money tree has uh, is uh, is in full operation, isn't it, for the, for the DUP and and for the and for the people of Northern Ireland, I suppose. Let's uh, let's be generous and say that um, it's exactly the kind of deal that we expected. It's the kind of deal that Theresa May needs to prop herself up. It doesn't make it. Um, it doesn't make it smell any sweeter. Uh, and of course, we're already seeing the, the, the fruits of some of the, the, the chaos that it will will cause with with um, you know the government being challenged over the, the Queen's speech over stuff like right of travel uh, for abortion uh, and, um, and, uh, and and clearly there is a, you know a whole issue is going to open up over. Uh, power sharing, or is going to continue to to uh, rail on it, uh, uh, over power sharing, uh, and also the um, you know the, the, it makes it the DUP's attitude to, to Brexit makes it even more likely that you know we're going to get a hard border back in between Northern Ireland and the Republic. The um, the talks, of course, have uh, have been very complex, um, and it seems that. Everything now is even more complex, Steve, in Northern Ireland than it was before. 
I, I personally can't see how this could possibly be a good thing. It's, uh, it, it, I mean, it's a recipe for a long-running disaster, which is, a, which of course, is of Theresa May's own making. Uh, but the alternative to that is is unpalatable to, I, I guess, it's unpalatable to unpalatable to the DUP because they're now in, a, in they've now got the whip hand. It's unpalatable to the Tories because they know that they would lose another general election uh, if it was called tomorrow, or it would be even closer than it was before, even if they uh, even if they still managed to win the the most seats. Um, so this is going to this is going to run and run uh, for a long time. People who. Older, you know, older listeners who remember the, the sort of the end of the the, the Labour Party in 1979 before Mrs Thatcher, will remember these kind of things. It, it, we're heading towards those kind of chaotic times. Yeah, Jerry, um, it, it seemed to take a long time this deal to get done. What do you think of it now? Now it has been. I mean, it did take a long time. I think there are, you know, some obvious, some really obvious, genuine reasons for that. You had the. Grenfell Tower right in the middle. Now that it's done, I actually don't think she did have to do it. I don't think she needed to make this deal because, you know, you, you weren't, you weren't going to see the DUP propping up Jeremy Corbyn and, you know, ushering him into number 10. That wasn't going to happen. Um, and there was a piece in the Indie just the other day um, saying that there was a DUP advisor who said the negotiations actually have soured the relationship between the mm. DUP and yeah. the Tories. Um so I don't really see that she's come out of it really much better off and a billion pounds less in her pocket. A billion pounds less in, well, most well, of our, our pockets. pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking to a lot of um, Labour MPs about this this week and they've all said we don't begrudge money being spent on, on public services in Northern Ireland um, but this isn't the way that they should have got the money. That's, I think that seems to be the sticking point. That, that You say that the relationships have soured. There's this fascinating... Thing in the House this week uh, during PMQs when um, Theresa May referred to Nigel Dodds as my right honourable friend. Mm. Now, of course, that that's reserved for people of your own party. Um, and yes, Lib Dems and Tories did it, but they were in formal coalition, weren't they? Who's made that decision? It's extraordinary. Steve, what do you think? I think that was on the table. I don't know. Maybe she just <laughs> sli- maybe it was just slipped in as a little added bonus. It did seem a little bit over friendly, didn't it? Protest too much. Uh, and uh, God, I mean, it, what a what a mess this all is. Uh, and, and you know, maybe she didn't have to do the deal, but then there would be the the the, the sort of the flying by the seat of your pants every time that there was a major vote called and expensive uh, pants she wears as well. Expensive <laughs> pants, you know. I mean, Famously. you know the. the, the the, the DUP might not might never have voted, uh, um, you know, voted um, with Labour on a, a vote of no confidence, but they could certainly have derailed quite a lot of the stuff that the Tories were, were trying to do. As I say, this is just going to drag on and on and on and be more and more messy, and and Theresa May is going to suffer more and more indignities like this um, as she clings on. Um, the, a few of the Tory um, Tory MPs that I've spoken to. Who kind of see this deal as as necessary, but are certainly not very happy about it, um, have said have, have referred to it as a it's just hold your nose and mm. see if we can get through. I mean, Jerry, do you think that's the general feeling on the uh, on the backbenchers at least? I, I think it is, um, and I think we're just going to have to see how it plays out to see if that's something that people can you know, put up with. I think it's going to be on a kind of case-by-case basis to see how it goes. Um, 
but there are a lot of people that aren't happy about it and it's do you make those sacrifices for the for the ground that it may have gained I guess I mean I guess the the the, the really interesting thing about it and I know you, you know we'll touch on it, austerity later on is that suddenly there is some money to spend and there is a magic money tree and you know this has come this has come in the same week when the government of uh, uh, the government and the DUP have voted down an amendment which would have which would have uh, stopped the cap on public sector wages. Um, so there is some money, and then of course we had the the absurd spectacle of, of Number Ten briefing that there was the cap on public sector wages was going to be lifted, and then Philip Hammond had to make it clear that he he couldn't find the money to do it, so it wasn't going to be lifted. You know this kind of this kind of stuff goes. Absolutely. It's, this is going to only worsen the situation for the Conservatives, an already terrible situation. Uh, and it is a situation of their own making. Well, they seem to be as chaotic in in, uh, in in Downing Street now as they were during the campaign. I mean, I know that and not many people are mourning the loss of um, Nick and, and Fiona from their jobs, um, but they... They seem to run a fairly organised ship. It's, uh, the chaos in number ten, frankly, briefing one thing, saying another. No one seems to know what's going on. Um, it is very thick of it, isn't it, at the moment? Uh, the, what, what also interests me this week was um, was that Theresa May, who herself has said that she doesn't go into the Commons Tea Room, um, actually had breakfast with her MPs in the Commons Tea Room on on Wednesday. <laughs> I think what, what what it suggests is that she's trying to appear like she's listening to her backbenchers, Jerry, and she's changing. What do you think? Um, I think that's definitely the appearance, and I think that's probably a really important thing for her to try and do at the moment. Because, um, I mean, there were murmurings that some MPs had written to um, Andrew Leadsom to kind of urge her to mount a leadership battle, which oh. sent me screaming into the distance. In all honesty, um, I'm not sure happen. I'm ready for it, <laughs> um, stress level wise. Um, so, if there are rumblings of that kind of thing, then she's she's got to be there chatting to them, hasn't she? Well, the, the backbenchers, Steve. I think you'll agree are probably the most powerful group in Parliament now. Tory backbenchers. Yes, they are, and uh, well, the DUP and the, and the Conservative backbenchers. Whether they're going to be thrilled by breakfast with Theresa May, I can't. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. You know, I think Mr May looks haggard enough after a few years of that. Well, he's taking the bins out as he's having breakfast. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the we seem to be back to some kind of normality, don't we? The House is back. The the the, the Tories are still winning votes, even if it's by the skin of their teeth. Um, but but everything in the background seems to be it, it is completely changed. There's this sort of facade of of normality. Jerry, is it nice to have the house back and sitting? Um, I always enjoy it when uh, the house kind of comes back and you get confused people seemingly not knowing where they're going. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice to have a bit of normality, even if just for a little while. I am. I still think it might not be too far away that we could have another election. Don't so maybe say the e we're word. all going to be thrown into it all again. But a period of relative calm is welcomed. There's also some calm um, descended upon the Lib Dem leadership race. Well, in fact, it never got going, did it? Frankly, um, because it seems that everyone now could he still a... lose? <laughs> could could Vince Cable still lose <laughs> a one-horse race? <laughs> yes, he, 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 he might. But what do we think of? of Sir Vince, Jerry? I mean, I do think he's pretty popular within the party. Um, I have a bit of an issue with him. I think he's 
not so popular with the voters. So I think this tuition fee thing still follows yeah. them around to this day. They target young voters, it still follows them around. Um, I was one of the ones hit by that policy, <laughs> um, so maybe it is personal. Um, but I really do think that follows them around and will cause him some problems. Vince, Steve, is he going to be any good for the Lib Dems, or is it, like you say, a bit of a hark back to times they want to forget? Well, I think he's a, he's a safe pair of hands, isn't he? Um, I, th- I don't think anyone really expects Vince Cable to be the be the be the, uh, the, the leader of the Liberals if the election is in uh, is in 2022. Mm. Uh, by which time he'd be 79. As Jerry has just said, we might have another election. You know, he might be a spring chicken of 74 later this year um, when he leads the Lib Dems into a general election. Oh, I think everybody knows believes that Joe Swinson will be the leader of the, the, the Lib Dems at the next election and, and she will probably be the leader in a couple of years, uh, le- probably less than the three years that uh, that people are saying. But in the meantime, he is a safe pair of hands. But uh, the tuition fees thing, I think, is is, is a killer. He's got the, he's got the, 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 the stink of the uh, coalition all over him. He has, uh, but one thing to see in his favour on, on that score is that he does seem to work quite well cross-party. Um, and, and he has been fairly open about it. He has been talking to to uh, Tories about how they can move towards a, a, a softer Brexit, and and he has some gravitas as well within the House and within politics. So um, let's wish him well. Yes. Um, and, uh, and of course, there might be some some young upstart who decides to throw his or her hat into the ring. I think time is running out. That's um, true. You yeah. know, I mean, in his in his favour, you would say that. Of the of all of the the people who have tried to articulate the Labour weakness on Brexit in the last few days, one of the one of the the, the best uh, things was written by Vince Cable. I think it was in the Guardian, and uh, and that will that will keep the pressure on. And obviously, we you know we've seen some pressure from from Labour backbenchers to 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 sort of make this fudge clearer. And one thing Vince Cable can do is can't carry on beating the drum for those of us who think that if you really want to have the best of the customs union and the single market the best way to do that is not to leave the not to leave the organization that brought you the, the customs union and the single market and i think he can articulate that very well let's just briefly before we finish the new section touch on on jeremy corbyn and labor because it's been another good week for labor of course it, it um it, it began with um a crowd Possibly the biggest since the Stones played Glastonbury, chanting his name. Uh, something we're becoming um, well, uh, very accustomed to now. How, how's how, how well, Glastonbury and Jeremy Corbyn is a strange thing, Jerry. What did you think? It was weird, wasn't it? Um, I can't see uh, Theresa May getting the same reception if she turned up on the pyramid stage. Um, in all, in all honesty, um, I thought I thought it was an odd one, and there was there there were a lot of. I think good reasons for him to do it because you know they are a lot of people the voters that he wants to grab and wants to reach out to. But Steve, the thing is that he of that crowd, a lot of them would want us to remain in the EU. He's not quite nailed that crowd yet, has he? They're excited because he's offering them hope, but he's not offering them what he should be on on Brexit. Completely. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 current fudge position has got to be made clearer. Maybe it will be made clearer. You know, already we've seen this this amendment to the Queen's speech. 
um, and maybe the same, maybe something similar will happen at the Labour conference. Uh, you know, Jeremy Corbyn doesn't agree with the with the the, the Labour Party policy on on Trident, as he made as he, apparently he made clear to Michael Levis at Glastonbury. It's conceivable that. You know, Jeremy Corbyn, who is lukewarm, 7 out of 10 about staying in the EU and now appears to be committed to some kind of jobs Brexit, which I think is, is, the, which is the new sort of buzz phrase, um, might be the leader of a party which is committed to a second referendum or to not leaving at all or, or to definitely staying in the single... You know, I think Labour appear to be moving to somewhere near the, the Norway model, don't they? And the thing about the Norway model is that Norway pay almost as much as we currently pay now. They pay two-thirds of what we pay, but then we get a rebate on top of that. And it is, and, and Norway don't enjoy many of the other mem- club, ben- club membership benefits that we do enjoy. You know, there are, there are tariffs, for one thing. Um, so, yeah. I think, I think Labour Conference Hall actually could, could make a big difference to, to the kind of Brexit uh, we get. It's going to be a fascinating one It to will watch. be fascinating. We'll be back in just a second. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One or order online at our website www.neweuropean.co.uk Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. On the front page of the New European this week, we ask a question about austerity and we ponder its role in the Grenfell Tower disaster. Steve, it's become a symbol of uh, what seems to be the beginning of the end of, of austerity. Do you think that's fair? Well... It's the, look the the image on the front of the, um, of the of this week's New European, which is which is a, a, an image that's been shared on widely on social media. You might even have seen it on a, a big screen at Glastonbury, uh, and it's been produced by a guy called Chris Barker, who has who has also done a version of it for for our front cover. is is remarkably um, is remarkably strong. It's an incredible uh, an incredibly stark image. It is now, I I think it is the defining image of austerity. The I thought the, the 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 PMQs the other day in which Jeremy Corbyn uh, gave made that point and Theresa May skillfully argued that the the failings at, at Grenfell Tower were, were failings of successive governments and everybody was a little bit to blame. I thought you know that, that there was a bit of a draw in that. I thought both sides had some decent arguments. The 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 fact of, of the matter is that the the program that has existed since the coalition came in in 2010 of chipping away at resources, at, at benefits, at uh, health and safety, at red tape, so-called red tape, uh, the thing the things that the right wing people like to call red tape, has have contributed to you know our society in general, the safety nets that we have for the, the poorest people, the conditions of poorest pe- the poorest people, the conditions of people who are not managing, let alone barely managing, 
things have got dramatically worse for them as a result of this austerity program. The, 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 the food, you know, the use of food banks, mm. uh, which conservatives can explain away however they, however much they like. The use of food banks wasn't widely prevalent, was it? In, you know, until three or four years ago. Mm. Um, things are getting generally worse. The people in this country are fed up with with austerity, and Grenfell Tower is is going to be the symbol that, even if it was not entirely directly um, down to austerity, is going to be the symbol that ends austerity. I would hope. I certainly wouldn't go as far as John McDonald in, in no. saying that politicians were, uh, were, you know, had blood on their hands as they did it last night. I think he may have got a little bit carried away there, but but I think what what we've what we know now because Theresa May has just found a billion pounds yeah. for the DUP um, is that actually austerity. What we all really, I think, certainly knew or feared is that austerity was a political choice in two thousand and ten. Yes. It, uh, it, it's, um, it was part of a rolling back of the state, which is, you know, ideologically conservative. Um, That's what they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly what they what they want. But to call it austerity for the for the purpose of getting the deficit down and getting the borrowing down, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, is rather underhand, isn't it? And Jerry, do you think that we'll look back on this period now and wonder why we were taken for fools? Um, yeah, I do. Um... It was never, it was never about economics in the first place. I, I don't feel um, Steve's right when he says people are tired of cuts. You know, back when this all came in, you had these warnings from politicians saying we're going to end up like Greece. We're going to end up like Greece. It hasn't happened. We've still got a massive national debt. We've still got a massive deficit. Um, and even you know the um, Office of Budget Responsibility said that. Without those cuts, we would have been better off in 2010-11, uh, 2011-12. And I think we will look back at this time, see the photos of people queuing outside food banks, begging for their benefits on universal credit mm. and being hungry. And rightfully, we should look back and be ashamed of it because it's a disgraceful situation. There's a graph that we've reproduced in the newspaper this week. I'm not going to try and explain it, but if you have a look at it, you will see it absolutely proves Labour politics would have worked better, frankly, than than uh, than what the Tories put forward in 2010 and, and stuck with. And probably, Steve, would have stuck with again had they got that majority. I mean, it, yes, wasn't, no, yes. it yeah. wasn't going anywhere, was it? They were going to stick with it and we would be... They, they simply didn't seem to care that the, the queues outside food banks were spiralling around the building two or three times and were, and were going to increase. Um, and Definitely not, because in, their, because in their fantasy world, the country is, is, is doing well, the, the deficit really isn't, and borrowing really isn't anything to worry about anymore. Crime apparently is at its lowest level uh, ever, and, and unemployment uh, is, is, is at record lows. So why should we... Be worried about the, the experience of, of, of hundreds of thousands, millions of people, tens of millions of people is really very different to that, isn't it? And uh, you know, and I think if we go back and look at what happened in the last election, yes, it was a historically bad campaign by Theresa May. Yes, Jeremy Corbyn won a game of low expectations. He, he vastly outperformed the very low floor that was set for him. Um, but also, some people, many people, did look at that Labour uh, manifesto and say, 
you know, maybe we should be. Maybe we should pay a little bit more tax and maybe we should borrow a little bit more if it is going to fund massive infrastructure changes which will employ uh, tens of thousands of people. So, yeah, so I, I think that is, uh, I, I think something significant by accident or design, a significant sea change has, has been effected and Grenfell Tower has just reinforced that. I really hope that there's some change, but I think you've only got to look at the the amendment that you mentioned earlier, Steve, about um, public sector pay caps yep. to see that things weren't going to change. They weren't going to take a take a different if different uh, track. We talked about people queuing around the block for food banks. Some of these people are nurses. They're people who are working two jobs. Um, to try and support a family, and also the people that we apparently praise when these horrible tragedies like Grenfell Tower have yes. happened over the last few weeks, you can't you can't have the two together. Um, and I think on on not kind of accepting that amendment, they just showed they weren't going to change track, and maybe still won't, unfortunately. And I, and I know that if you are new to the Commons, or you know, or trying to support an embattled leader, or trying to sock up to your whips in a time of crisis it might be you might feel that if you defeated a a Labour amendment on this you might feel quite pleased with yourself but really cheering the cheering something like that in in the in in the House of Commons demonstrates such a tin ear doesn't it and it really doesn't play well and and I you know and I I, I really hope that that, that, you know the chickens come home to roost on that one for those people who who have displayed such a you know I mean it was just ridiculous behavior it was not a good look Um, no certainly was not a good look um, so just quickly, answer from both of you, is this, Joe? you may have already answered, but is this, if not the end of austerity, is it the beginning of the end of austerity, do you think? Um, I want to say yes, but I, I reservedly think no. I, I wish it would be. Gloomy. Steve? Well, look, it's up to Philip Hammond, isn't it, really? Um, I think something inevitably has to be done with public sector, uh, the public sector pay cap now. I think that's a, a, a skillfully organised uh, campaign by Labour and the unions uh, at the start of this session. Uh, Philip Hammond is not going anywhere plainly now and he's going to continue to make trouble for Theresa May and for, for David Davis mm-hmm. um, and perhaps um, perhaps you know the, the poison chalice of how to do this is going to be handed by Theresa May to Philip Hammond. Okay, we'll be back in a second with Brexiteer of the Week. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back. Uh, Jerry's left us, sadly, but Steve has remained. Um, to talk about the Brexiteer of the week. Steve? What a week for the Brexiteers, as as I seem to say every week. You've had Boris Johnson complaining about the uh, dismal political discourse and saying there's too much name-calling in politics these days. Of course, this is the guy who called Jeremy Corbyn a mutton-headed mugwump during the campaign. We've had Andrea Leadsom telling Emily Maitlis that um, that the news media are not patriotic enough. You know, at, at least she stopped short of saying, you know, maybe that's because they're all not mums like me. Um, so, uh, so that was two remarkable uh, gaffes by uh, two of the leading um, Brexiteers. Obviously, we also had Gisela Stewart, who was again a key member of the the Vote Leave uh, campaign, uh, saying that she thought uh, the whole EU referendum was a vacuous question. Uh, it's a shame she didn't really say that at the time, uh, but she did obviously say that uh, we gave three hundred and fifty million quid a week to the NHS, and it would all be 
to the um, to, oh, which we did give it to the NHS to the EU, and it would all be going to the NHS. So that was what Gisela Stewart did at the time for something that she now describes as a mistake and, and a vacuous uh, a vacuous question. Um, among the key Brexiteers of the week, though, Hugh Witto. He's the editor of the Daily Express. They run a great poll on the Daily Express website, which is very, very Brexity, uh, asking people whether they would now, if they had the, the chance again, whether they would leave or remain. It got up to nearly 60% to remain before it mysteriously disappeared from the Daily Express website. And then they published something saying they'd made a bit of a mistake and not put a closing date on it, but it was 55% leave, and that meant that everybody still wanted to be as Brexity as Hugh Witto. So that was farcical. What was really farcical is uh, a guy called David Coburn. He is the leader of Scottish UKIP. He is standing to become leader of... He's standing to become captain of the Titanic, frankly, isn't he? He's standing to replace Paul Nuttall. Uh, and one of his tweets this week uh, said, UK successive goats have been weak and cowardly. Uh, he didn't seem to notice this. He obviously meant govts, didn't he? Short for governments. Uh, but he, he didn't really notice this mistake and he carried on arguing with people <laughs> while they were saying things back to him like, you get my goat, off you trot, lad. And my uh, favourite one was uh, uh, obviously from a, uh, a Scot. I have any goat a clue what you're on about. Apologies there to all Scottish listeners. Uh, but I am, sl- I am half Scottish, so I'm allowed to do that. He's got a kilt on. Yeah, I am. I'm wearing it now. However, Brexiteer of the Week... Once again, it's Nigel Farage, who is always referred to in this podcast as being a fucking idiot. He proved that uh, during Glastonbury. Uh, I can just imagine Nigel putting his large bifter down, having enjoyed enjoyed Thundercat on the iPlayer, and then uh, he spat his uh, he spat his mojito everywhere when he saw Jeremy Corbyn coming on. uh, why do should we pay the BBC license fee so they can promote Jeremy Corbyn? Was uh, was Nigel Farage's tweet um, uh, when he saw the Labour leader uh, parading around um, on the pyramid stage? Uh, that is a good question. It's not really as good though, is it? As why should we pay the BBC license fee so they can put Nigel Farage? on question time over 30 times, despite him losing seven elections and being a complete f- Steve, thank you very much. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Um, in the meantime, click the subscribe button, buy the newspaper, it's on sale now, and uh, log on to the website, www.theneweuropean.co.uk. If you had a billion, if you had a billion pounds, what would you spend it on then? Big cheese. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 